Thanks for tuning into our show today. Please like, share, subscribe, send to a friend, give the review. And always, if you have feedback, we want to hear team at lilalife.co. Feel free to email us and follow us on social. You can reach us there. Sending you blessings as always. Much love. Welcome to the Lila Life Show. I'm your host, Linda Andrews, and I'm so excited to be with you today. I have special guest, Michelle Phillips, president of Key Performance and author of Happiness is a Habit, Simple Daily Rituals that Increase Energy, Improve Well-Being, and Add Joy to Every Day. Welcome, Michelle. I want to say a few more things, but I'm so glad you're here with us today. Thank you for having me. Yes. So also known as the light lady, an author, as mentioned, workshop leader and self-mastery coach. She opens the hearts and minds for how to align your true power, energy, and well-being in the workplace and at home, especially for hybrid work. So important these days and holds a master's in organizational development from Fordham University and a certified practitioner in the field of positive psychology. She has a professional experience spanning 20 years facilitating and engaging workshops, seminars, and coaching programs specializing in Fortune 500 companies and around the globe. So I think we have an expert on our hands very much so. Am I missing anything, Michelle, that you want to spotlight before we dive in? No, you did a beautiful job. Thank you, Linda. Awesome. So we're going to dive in, but before we do to some of my burning questions, if you could share a little of your origin story, how you came into this work and any of the transformations you had to go through to get here that you would like to share. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. I feel like this, this work chose me. I didn't choose it. Right. So I I got to a point in my career where people just kept handing me books And I was so busy. And at the time I wasn't reading anything probably but Cosmo and Glamour. And we're going way back 25 years. And I thought, why are these people giving me books? And, you know, I started, and then my boss gave me a book and I thought, oh, I should read it because, you know, she's my boss and she might ask me. And it just led me to another book and my brain just started exploding. And I feel like it was my first spiritual awakening where these books were showing me there was a different path and I could live a different way. I was brought up middle-class, dad worked at General Motors, you go to get a job, you get benefits, and then this whole other world opened to me. So ups and downs, many over the many, you know, you say what led me here, but I think this work is what kept me sane through any of the, you know, losing my job, my marriage crashing, those things. I realized it was my habits Mm. that kept me grounded mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. I love that. There was this moment similar where it felt somewhat early on in the journey that I learned, I had like an aha moment. And you know, some of the aha moments feel profound, some don't, right? But this one happened to, and it was about habits and patterns and how much of life. And I know there's a lot of the science to now show how much is run by habits and patterns. And I was just, it honestly freaked me out. Because I was just like, oh my gosh, so much of what's happening, not only within myself, but within everyone is a product of habits and patterns. And the other side of that, which is what you specialize in is the empowerment of the habits and patterns. But it was just like, oh shoot, there's habits and patterns. You go both ways, right? It's like, yes. And then it's like, oh my gosh. You know, I realized when I was at my, my, you know, my saddest, my loneliness, Whenever I was in uh, in a bad place, 
I still went to the gym. I still listened to good music. I had a great group of people around me. And I, I was, I realized that these routines were keeping me grounded. And that's when I made the decision that, okay, let me look at my entire life mentally. What are my thinking habits? What are my, you know, physical habits? Am I taking care of my body? What are my spiritual habits? And what are my emotional habits? And that was kind of my eureka moment. Like you say, we think of habits as smoking and eating too much. And we think of bad habits, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to look at the good habits and then how do we create more of them? Amazing. Were there any, because habits don't just happen overnight. And then the new habits don't just happen any overnight, but were there some that you felt personally were easier to lock in and what were some of the ones that were more challenging? Yeah. The easy ones were physical, right? Like I liked working out and eating, you know, that was easy. And, you know, I worked on getting really super fit and cleaning my diet up. And then, you know, the one that was the hardest was the meditation. And I know you, you know, we have a no non-negotiable, right? Yeah. And I was doing this great stuff for my physical. I was reading all these spiritual books. I was doing almost everything. And then that little meditation thing, like every book you read says to meditate. And I was like, ah, So I took a calendar. I'll never forget. I mean, this is many years ago. I took like, I printed a month, like the month of June and I hung it on my refrigerator, my kitchen. And I decided every day meditate. I'm just going to put an M and the days I don't, I'm not going to get mad at myself. I'm just going to. And then I just started getting doing that. And then there was more M's than not. And then I was connecting. And this is what I want people to do. Connect how you feel Mm. on the days that you meditate versus the days that you don't. So how I've incorporated meditation is to let myself off the hook. I don't do it every day, but I do it most days. Awesome. Yeah, that grace, you know, it it feels like having some things that are the anchor and always having grace for whatever can't necessarily be anchored in is is a way to be kind to yourself. I I would love to hear in the teaching that you do about that self-compassion piece and how that connects to happiness. Yeah. Realizing, I mean, again, I also come from the, I believe in the law of attraction, the law of focus, all these spiritual things. I feel like I'm a bridge between the corporate world and the spiritual world. And I'm able to bring these concepts without making them woo woo, Mm -hmm. you know? So I really, um, the, again, making the connection that your thoughts are things and that you are creating your own life with what you're thinking. You know, even looking back at my first marriage, I'm like, oh my God, I wrote the story of you don't love me. You're not paying attention to me. You don't, you know, this. And I was like, oh my God, I was writing that story with my own doubts. Mm. Could I write a different story? Mm -hmm. Could I think, and that's the power we have with our thoughts. So Mm -hmm. it's a, you know, for the rest of our lives, practicing these things, right? But realizing that anything that doesn't make me feel good or empowered or, magnificent or you is sending you in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. There's a different way to look at what's happening in your life. That's, you know, the thoughts are things to the extent that you know this, but it's like, why out of all the things that could be the way they are, we have our thoughts, we have our mind, our thoughts are, whether it's the perspective uh, creating the reality. I'd, I'd just love to hear through your training and the positive psychology, like 
where is this coming from in the brain? Feel free to be as technical as you want to, you know, and it's, it's so fun to see the spirituality, the science. It's like the, the intersection of this is so much of the juiciness, but uh, I just love to hear, cause you get, I, I hear people talking about, um, oh my goodness, the simulation theory, Right. I'm not sure if I know that, but I'll, I'll yeah. tell you what I do know. So I'd love to know what you, yeah, where you land in all this. Yeah. You know, and that's what I love about this because science, metaphysics, they're all coming together. And yeah. It's so exciting because you know, our brains, you know, I always say there's two nervous systems within us, right? Our brains are wired to keep us safe. They are not wired to keep us happy. Mm-hmm. Right. And our brain works like our, and you know, so much of this, I know I'm saying, yeah, no, but it's, we can't hear this enough. And somebody listening is hearing this all for the first time. So let's break it down. Your tongue is constantly searching your mouth to keep it clear. You're Mm -hmm. like, if you get something stuck in your tooth, your tongue will just pick out until you cut your tongue. Your brain is constantly searching to keep you safe. So it's the minute it feels threatened, it's like, don't do that. Don't say that. And these, that's where these negative thoughts come from. Mm But beyond the reptilian fight and flight brain, we have the strength and connection brain. And that's to me the the wise self. Mm -hmm. So it's realizing that our fight and flight is reptilian. And unless I'm bleeding or some real emergency is happening, it's fake fear. Mm -hmm. Unless I'm being threatened right now, I'm creating trauma in my head with my Mm -hmm. thoughts. Mm -hmm. So to override that, I also have my growth and connection system, which says, okay, I'm having a really scary thought right now, but it's a sunny day. I'm talking to this beautiful woman. It's a, everything's okay. And starting to make the connection where you realize you have the power to override. You're the only one in there, right? That's what I always say. I'm the mm-hmm. person. So I've created my scary, my negative voice is Wanda and my positive voice is Grace. Okay. Also making them kind of entities outside of me helps me disconnect. So when that scary voice is, oh, Michelle, you're looking stupid. You're not going to make it. This is a stupid idea. You're going to fail or whatever that voice is saying. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, Wanda, we heard enough from you. (laughs) What do you think, Grace? Right. And then Grace always says, you're beautiful. I know you're doing the best you can go for it. And really starting to notice that you have more power. You always have more power than you think. Mm -hmm. And even that subtlety, like getting back to the meditation comment of noticing how you feel, I'm assuming that that distinction of like identifying, oh, this is Wanda. She's having a tough go right now. She's really immersed in fear. Here's Grace. She's my biggest cheerleader. And then having that ground you into you, uh, how do you feel? It's like, I feel way different than just getting wrapped up into the Wanda side of things. And you see throughout the world, so much fear really be perpetuated. I think, I think everyone has trauma, whether it's conscious or not, like the world can feel traumatic. You know, Mm. we went through collective traumatic experience and maybe we often always are, you know, so it's like that, that feels like a fact that like, there's a reality in that. Mm. And then what do you do with that? Do you get consumed by that with the fear track or the Wanda track? And this, we could go through so many different, I don't think it's about, oh, what is there to be afraid of? We all know there's, there's just an unlimited list of things. Uh, And in times now where we're more hyper-connected than ever, could you speak to like in real time, how to get out of that fear state in that anxiety 
And when that's the habit, when the fear and the anxiety are the habit, how to um, even identify that. Cause I, I have a sense that people don't even know they're in that. Like they don't even know Wanda's driving the inner dialogue. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's so, I mean, this is such a deep topic, but that's yeah, the thing I just, say when you're, when your fight and flight goes on, is yeah. there, are you in actual, like, is somebody threatening Love you? That, yeah. Is your life in danger? Yeah. Are you bleeding? Or, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I understand anxiety is real and your heart races and that type mm-hmm. of thing, but really making that connection to what was I just thinking? Mm. You could be going along with your day all fabulous and a thought triggers you and then the anxiety. And then you're like, oh my God, I just thought of that time that this one yelled at me. And then it, you know, so you, you start to make those connections to what you're thinking is manifesting Mm -hmm. in your feelings. And then, you know, I talk to myself, you know, it's like, okay, this isn't helping me. And one of the things that saves me every time is stop giving my, I always say, Michelle, stop giving attention to things you don't control, Mm. right? I control what I'm focusing on. Mm -hmm. I control who I'm talking to. I control what I'm talking about. I can, I don't always control what I'm thinking. I like (laughs) to think that, but it's, it is a practice and it does get stronger. Like you always say, no one can do your breathing for you. I say, no one can do my push-ups for me, but every day when I do a push-up, I get stronger. Mm-hmm. So every time I realize that Wanda is taking me down the rabbit hole, I'm just, I just did a rep in the gym. Mm-hmm. So even though I still might feel a little anxious, the seeing of it, mm-hmm. I tell myself, I'm getting, I just did a rep, I'm getting mm-hmm. stronger, right? And the more I see it, the less I associate with it. And then the less I go down that path. So this isn't something, I, I, I have two schools of thought. It's not something you could just flick a switch, but it is sometimes if you really decide, you know, I am claiming decision. The word decision is to to, to cut. Mm-hmm. I am deciding to be, to own my power. Mm-hmm. There's no mistake any of us are here and everything that's in front of me is for me to learn. So again, there's all these ways of looking at it it sometimes feels yucky, but it's like, okay, this is for me to learn and being able to that emotion. And, and what I think this is what I'm going to say, Linda, I'm getting off on. I'm so excited. No, I love it. Yeah. This is your name. The emotion it. of it. I think what happens to people is oh, I'm feeling really bad. Mm-hmm. Right. And I want to feel great. So you can't jump from one to the other. And this is what causes us to use alcohol, drugs, thrill seeking anything, But if all you can do is just take a step up the emotional ladder versus a leap, Mm -hmm. right? So what thought, oh my gosh, I'm having an anxiety feeling right now. Is anything happening to me? No, Michelle, the sun is shining. Oh, that still feels a little better. I still don't feel great, but I feel a little bit better. Okay, what was I just thinking? I was thinking about a bad experience I had in the past. Okay, you've identified that feels a little better, Mm. right? So it's making those incremental steps Versus um, I feel horrible till I feel great. And that discovery, you know, when you're sharing the discovery of understanding like that in itself feels like a self-compassion act. Like, what was I just thinking about? It's like, oh yeah, if I thought about this tough moment from the past, it is normal to feel yes. shaken up. Like, oh, of course I feel this way now. And then moving along from there versus not even getting the space to look at it that emotion feeling so real 
And then you like lock into that. And what I'm hearing too, is like the space that can come and just understanding all this a little bit more. Yeah. And I'm also a big journaler. So, Mm. you know, I, I've never, I guarantee everyone, if you sit, if you, if you're having an anxious moment, you're having something come up, write down what it is, but then you have to shift it. Right. You can't just, you could keep, you can't get to the bottom of a hole you're digging. Right. So you keep writing about how bad it is and how horrible it was. You keep reliving, Mm -hmm. but if you get it out and then say, okay, what do I want to do about it? Right. You start to have an aha moment and you I'm a real proponent of asking the right questions. How can I feel better? What can I learn from this? What wisdom, what does, you know, what does universe God want me to know Mm. versus why me? Why do bad things happen to me? Why do I always feel awful? Why can't I get out of this? Right. You always get the answer to whatever you ask. (laughs) So asking the right question And I guarantee if you sit with a journal for an extended period of time, you will learn something, you will gain clarity, and you will have an aha moment every time. Something in my personal journaling practice that I don't know why this shifted big time where I gave myself permission to get like a thousand times more honest in the journal. And that was because it would be like, I don't, I want to call this, it's a non-technical term, say like journal fluff, like da 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 And then it's like, no, yeah, there's something a little deeper going on here. And I was like, all right, let's, let's go for it. Like, let's write down whatever. Cause I think those are sometimes the things that just really want to have room. They might not even be true. They may just be like the, the, the absolute worst fear, whatever it is. But I just noticed I wasn't letting myself fully, you know, see that. And then when I really, and then I love how you're saying, because in journaling, I think the resistance for a lot of people in journaling is like, they're already living the tough emotions. They already know those fears. They don't want to spend more time with it on paper, but that shift you talk about and you can feel that energetic shift. And I know that's a lot of your work is the energy shifts, but like that very practical application through journaling and like that sets you off in a whole different, I love to morning journal. And then it's like the rest of your day can shift. And you did a lot of that heavy lifting, you know, with all the other well, I love what, what you said, Linda, too, about realizing you weren't letting the deep thoughts out. I think so many people are just afraid to look. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, you already lived it. <laughs> yeah, like you might you. already always be living it. it. It can't hurt you again. It can only help you. And when you write, you're calling in four senses. You're feeling, you're, you're writing kinesthetically. You're seeing what you're writing. You're saying it to yourself and you're hearing it. So it brings that clarity of power and I love you said something on your podcast the other day about um, being with yourself in the morning before, you know, take the time to be with yourself before you're with anybody else. Yeah. So it's really being with yourself. Don't be afraid of yourself. You're, you know, it can only when you see it and you have the honesty to look at it and say, oh, my God, that's embarrassing or that was scary or that felt horrible. But now where do I go from here? You know, and that's the gift of journaling to me is to then shift it. An important part. So if you're getting stuck or resistance in journaling, and I know there's a couple of my clients that fall in this camp, remember the shift part, because that's a, that's the sweet spot there. Uh, I'm curious for you, you know, having a lot of experience in corporate, 
Some people would even go as far to say we're in culture wars. I think culture is a hot topic. I don't want to get into that side of things. But what I'm curious about is how culture and say even corporate culture can be established through personal responsibility of each person that contributes to that culture. So want to go there and the power of, if you have any thoughts about this, of startups creating culture that could eventually potentially be Fortune 500, some of those like key aspects of the personal responsibility to take ownership for. So I feel like that's a lot, but I'm just starting with the personal responsibility impacting culture and then how at the early stage should be implementing that. Yeah, I mean, it's such a big topic, mm-hmm. but again, it's the individual, if every, so many people want the culture to change, the government to change, I, I, me included, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saying, me too. But realizing, <laughs> but realizing that the only thing I have power to change is me. Mm-hmm. So it's really, I think the more you work on yourself, the mm-hmm. more you are able to be that person in a corporate culture that brings their heart to work, mm-hmm. that brings love to work, that is fully present. And you are the example, mm-hmm. like this light lady title, somebody gave it to me. Uh. Somebody said to me, oh my gosh, you're the light lady. And I was like, oh, and they gave it to me like 20 years ago and I never owned it. Cause I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But then I was like, no, I am that. Cause to be, to be a heartfelt person in a corporate culture, people, especially you, right. You come from the financial world Mm -hmm. and you know, there's this belief that we have to be these corporate talking heads. And the more we could just be ourselves, men too, like men, mm-hmm. you know, men, women, like just really, that's what I loved about corporate training. And I still work with the financial firms. I'm with them all the time. I just did a keynote for Namora a couple of weeks ago. And I, I just bring my heart so open. And then, oh my God, the love that comes back from mm. everybody. But it's, you have to be willing to stand there alone and be with your heart open and your arms open and say, I'm not here to make you do anything. I'm just here to share some ideas. I always say it's a buffet. Mm -hmm. You like broccoli, you eat broccoli. You don't like carrots, don't take the carrots, right? It's the cornbread, whatever you need. I'm going to share all these beautiful ideas that will help you in your life. And you take what you need. And when people don't feel like you're forcing them, they open up. So it's, it's being that open heart in a closed heart world, mm-hmm. whether it's corporate government, you know, and making the stand and women are, you know, the change agents. And, I, and the other statistic you blew my mind with was on your recent podcast, that you know, we get 3% of the, you know, venture funding. So again, it's really being able to stand up in your femininity and mm-hmm. not lead like a man. Mm-hmm. I love pretty colors. Like this is my life. Everything I, when I do training classes, everything is, I have, I don't, this is not, you're not seeing this. You're hearing this. Are they seeing it? I have pretty pictures on the wall and I have a beautiful flowers, beautiful pink top. Right. So that's how I go into corporations where everyone's in dark suits and everyone, and it's even my book cover. The first everyone said, Oh, it's too, too many colors. And I'm like, this is who I am. Right. So it's the more you get comfortable with who you are and you bring it wherever you go. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I, you have to read the room, right? You don't walk in yeah. with <laughs> in love and people go, who's a crazy woman, but it's being willing to go in with an open heart um, and looking, for, I always say, I'm just looking for the believers because they're in every corporation. They're in every government industry. They're at the post office. Like there's always a believer. There's always an open heart, like the way you and I were connected. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Um, that there's something that I'm curious about that I 
I, I, we'll see how this comes out. You're working on and empowering people to have habits that build happiness. There's a part of emotional processing that is not happy, right? Yeah. Say, mm-hmm. say there's deep sadness or grief or whatever. Sometimes I, I, I see something happening where it's like the bypassing it's like going, like you were saying, going all the way to happy, but you're not there. So that, that big, big jump, but also when you're in the processing, let's say the grief or something that you can get stuck in there. So I see the, it's like the, the bypassing, I'm not being clear, but it feels like the bypassing can go both ways where getting stuck in those lower energy emotions or getting yeah, not even acknowledging them at all. And then it's like the forced happiness and there feels like that relates to culture somehow. I wrote culture passing down, but it's like, we're going to work on culture. We're going to do culture stuff. We're going to develop culture. And maybe the bypassing in that case is not being in that personal ownership and like owning. It's like, I'm going to change everything out here, but I'm not going to do that work within myself. So any, any angle you want to take that, but those are some questions I have for you about. Yeah. I think that's the biggest misdemeanor. The biggest thing that people think is I'm happy all the time. Oh, Mm -hmm. so you're happy all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And now I'm not happy all the time. I have every single emotion, like every single human. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's the biggest misdemeanor is that you feel every emotion, but you know how to have better coping skills. Mm -hmm. Right. So you don't get stuck. And when I'm not feeling fabulous, I just want to feel content. Mm. And I just feel content, mm-hmm. right? People, we poo-poo content, right? I'm just going to stay home this weekend and work on the yard and be ha- content. I don't have to be flying. It doesn't have to be epic, happiness, crazy, right? Yeah. And so I think in our culture, you know, now they say toxic, what do they say? Toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. And that's a difference. So when you feel something and you're faking it, that's that to me, that's not it. But when you feel it and you're genuine, Right. And, and we have become a culture that is so comfortable talking about our trauma and drama. Mm-hmm. And we're, and when, as soon as you talk about what's going right, people go, Oh, what's wrong with them. Right. We, we've made it comfortable and, and normal to talk about what's going wrong. And we made it something yeah, they're lying if they're talking about what's going right. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to get a little better at it's, it's a kaleidoscope. Mm-hmm. Some days I wake up in the worst mood. I don't even know why, mm-hmm. but I know it's temporary because I know I have the tools to step up the emotional scale. Mm-hmm. Right. So again, it's two questions. I have my clients ask all the time. Every, every hour I say, ask yourself, how am I feeling? Mm-hmm. And am I happy with my results? Mm-hmm. I'm feeling okay. That's fine. I'm, I'm happy with my, and if you're not, then it's like, what have I been thinking? What have I been focusing on? Because really most of us in this 21st century are not running for our lives every day, but we're running, we're in a fight with our own, our own mind. We're in a fight with our own Mm self-talk, we're in a fight with things that happened in the past. And I was with a woman recently who had bad trauma in her past, sexual trauma and from a, someone her mother left her with. And she said, how did I attract this? How, why would I attract this to myself? And I said, I don't believe you attracted it, but Maybe in it, before you came to this world, you said, I want to be a kick-ass woman who helps other women, who does all these great programs. And this is how life served it up for you to be the strong. She is so strong. She's so resilient. Mm-hmm. She was doing such great work in the world right now. So it's not that we attract that exact situation, but we attract who it we become as we go through it. 
Mm. when we come out on the other side. Yeah. 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 It, it, what a distinction too. I mean, again, most people listening again, if they're conscious of it or not, there's some challenging moments, some major defining moments that you do with the blessing of coming on the other side of, and like who you've become as a result of that. And I, I think that can be a really confusing part of it all is like, why did this ever happen? Like, how were these, the cars that I dealt were dealt and you could probably spend your whole life like on the discovery to try to understand that. And what, what doesn't change is that it happened. Yeah. You know, the question is, you know, who, how is this helpful to my highest good? Mm -hmm. And and I'm not belittling this right now. It's hard and it's trauma and people go through, you got to slop through the mud. Sometimes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you have to get your hands dirty. You have to fall face forward, Mm -hmm. but then to say, what can I become of this? What strength have I gotten from this? What was, you know, cause you're still here. Mm-hmm. So it's realizing, you know, you always have more power than you think. There's always an answer. I always say, and sometimes I pray, cause I'm like, give me the answer to this <laughs> because I don't see it clearly, but I have that faith that this is my path. Where, Nobody, where do you, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Nobody escapes bad stuff. Yeah. But some have more doses than others, I guess. The, uh, the, the trauma conversation, the trauma and drama conversation, you're, I'm assuming, familiar with the empowered triangle dynamic. You're familiar with the victim, persecutor. Mm-hmm. I forget what the third one is. Uh, we can f- figure that out. But uh, why is this social acceptability of the trauma and drama? And is it just like, perpetuating that drama triangle, like in, in group environments, in workplace dynamics, like where does that all stem from in your opinion, if you can put your finger on it? That's a good question. I don't have the exact answer, right? Yeah. Thoughts on that. I think as humans, it's just like anything. Why do bad headlines sell and good headlines Mm -hmm. not sell? Mm -hmm. Right. It's something about, you know, our fight and flight system that we're just attracted to. And we feel we're connecting And, you know, if you're going to go to a group support to me, it's okay to talk about your trauma and drama, but then it's, it's not okay to stay there. Mm. It's like, I always use the bit, the dirty bath water. If you take a bath, Mm -hmm. the dirt comes in the tub, eventually you get out of the dirty bath water. Mm -hmm. So it's sometimes we help each other stay stuck versus, versus help each other go forward. Mm -hmm. And I'm all about, and sometimes I can be tough with my clients and, and I don't do the work for you, right? I will cheer you on. I will be there. I will give you every tool and I will be on the other side waiting for you when you come through, but you've got to slot. You've got to be willing to look in the mirror and, and, dis- and make a decision mm. that I am not that tragedy. I am not that trauma. That was a moment in time. That was not, that's not who I am. And I have, I am a beautiful, magnificent being worthy of great things. And it's, it's, you know, these are steps believe me. I do. I've been doing this work so long, Mm -hmm. but it's every day giving yourself a diet of positivity. And that's my thing. Every morning, read something that inspires, motivates, or educates you something that connects you to some, the energy that creates worlds so that you feel that energy coming through you. And, you know, you walk out your door and someone beeps a horn and you're off course already, but at least you got there. (laughs) And then the next day you do it again. But the more you practice it, the more it's who you are. And I always say, I can't, I, I get so excited because this works, but I can't give it to you in a box. You have to prove it to yourself. 
speaking of boxes, and I know we're not ending yet, but you do have a box that you can give someone a box. You want to talk about your box real quick? Yeah, I started. So my book is Happiness is a Habit. And it's just simple rituals that if you practice something every single day for yourself, mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, you start your momentum going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's the whole idea. So I have my book. It's a journal because I'm a big journaling um, believer and proponent. I have my um, happiness is a habit mug and I have an easy button, which I don't know if you can hear it. That was easy. Could you hear it? Yeah. Yep. People think this has to be so hard. It really doesn't have to be hard. I want you to make it easy. Mm -hmm. I don't, I really don't believe in deprivation. I don't believe in beating yourself up. I don't believe in stop eating cookies. Just Add something positive, add a positive thought, read something that lifts you up, watch something that motivates you. You know, the drama is going to creep in or the bad thoughts are going to creep in, but then make sure you're on a diet of things that make you feel good. So with the happiness as a habit starter kit, I give instructions that every time I want you to amplify the ease of your life, not the disease. So every, and I have a, I have a, one on my desk as well. So every time something good happens or easy, you hit the easy button. So years ago, I, I brought one home and I said to my husband, we're going to do the easy button game. And he said, what are we doing now? <laughs> I said, every time something's easy, we're going to hit the button. So we would make dinner and we'd hit the button and the button would say, that was easy. And then we'd wash the dishes. That was easy. And it just became this funny thing. Uh -huh. So one day my husband booked us on a flight and our car driver sent us an email. He was picking us up the next day. And we said, oh no, we're not going the next day. Our flight's next week. My husband had booked us on the wrong day. So I said, oh my God, we got to call the airlines. This is going to be a mess. Like you just don't look forward to calling the airlines. Yeah, three hours so later. <laughs> we call the airline. We get this lovely woman who her son did well on a test that day. So she was in a good mood. We told her we made a mistake. She changed our flight at no charge and she upgraded us. Wow. So we hang up the phone and we hit the easy button. We're like, <laughs> that was easy. And it really became the, we call it the year of ease and fun. Mm. We, you, you don't realize how many things in your life are going right mm. because you're looking at the one thing that's going wrong. So a week or so later, I go in the kitchen and the button's missing. I said to my husband, where's the easy button? He goes, I brought it to work. Oh, like I'm teaching the guys at work, you know? <laughs> so, so when you start amplifying the littlest things, washing the dishes, hitting the dishwasher, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you realize that there's so many things going right in your life. So that I give you instructions in the box on how to do all this. So fun. It, you know, and it's just, again, the reiteration to me is the momentum. Like when you can have that shift, the momentum and the magnification that can come from that you know, you're stacking the gains at that point. And that's that commitment, like you share to the practice to be able to keep going. Awesome. That box sounds like it's going to take people to help them with those habits, getting the habits of practice for the happiness. And I'm curious, you use a word flourishing, which I love this word and about resilience and changing adversity to flourishing. We've talked about this at a high level, but resilience, adversity, and flourishing. These feel like very powerful words that could activate something for our listeners. 
Yeah, I mean, to me, resilience is, again, we all have it, but you have to choose to tap into it, right? And to flourish is to use your strengths in service of something greater, right? So now bring us back to positive psychology. Um, there's something called the VIA. It used to be called the Values in Action, but it's VIA.org. Okay. Character Strength Assessment. It's for free. Okay. And what they did in positive psychology is, and I can get you the link, they found what are the 25 strengths that are world known? This doesn't matter what your age is, race, religion, you know, everybody believes in these 25 character strengths. And you take the assessment and you find your top, you know, you get all 25 ranked. But when you live in your top five on a regular basis, you start to flourish mm. because you are being your true self. And when you live in your top five and, you, you, and you're using what you do every day to serve something greater than you, that was the highest level of happiness, like a Dalai Lama, Nelson Mandela, like, you know, even a Bono, right? Like we could go someone who's using their gifts to help the world. Love that. And that feels just like that alignment, you know, you're living in alignment. The translation. And it's easy. It shouldn't yeah. be hard, mm -hmm. right? We have this work hard ethic and it's like when you're working in your gifts, you working in alignment and flow, you still, I always say you're working in alignment in your personal energy alignment versus sweat equity. Mm. You're sweating and trying to push to make things happen and using your muscle is different when you're in aligned with the energy that creates worlds and that you are part of that. You're connected. The, the power versus force. That, yes. I love that. One of my favorite books. Yeah, yes. Power versus force. The, you know, that magnetism, the power, like being in that flow versus like forcing the hustle, the, and it, again, it feels like a very much embodiment of um, like, I'm, I'm, I'm making that happen. I'm forcing it, the stress, the tension, the drama, maybe the trauma like that. It feels like that energetic versus like the power, the magnetism, the flow, those just feel so different. And that I, you know, if you're listening and paying attention to the subtleties in the language of those, and then feeling those different embodiments through your yeah. life, you know, you notice it, it just, it's, it's a game changer. Is it possible to be in the power all the time? Maybe not. Maybe that contrast is what, yeah, what, you know, it's like, oh, I'm not in that. Let's get back to that. Uh, but at least being aware of the differences and then like where we celebrate culturally, sure, that hustle, work hard, burnout mentality. It's like, where is that really getting you? And not only now, but for the long term. Yeah. And you said something so interesting. So good, Linda, like, it's like paying attention to the feelings, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you're in this zone of flourishing versus in the zone of drama, how does it feel? Right. And realizing that again, if it's not happening in the moment, it's where you're focusing. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that you have the ability and making, this is what I want everyone to know is that you have the power to connect to those higher emotions. Not every day, not all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's like kind of like when you're dancing or you're rollerblading or you're surfing or you're doing some activity that puts you in that flow state. It's realizing you can connect to that flow state while you're walking down the street, while you're sending an email. It might not be all the time, but it can be more often than not. And that's what I want to teach people is how to connect to these states without, you know, alternative uh, substances. Mm -hmm. Love that. Um, so tell me a little bit about what is an energy shift? I think 
it's been implied several times, but if you could define an energy shift and why this is important. Yeah. So when I wrote my book, happiness is a habit, it was like the mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, and now I've added financial, right? We could keep, you know, keep growing. But I realized when I did something for myself on a regular basis, I was getting in this zone of energy where I was like, oh my God, this is like the best feeling. So you could take a walk in the woods with a loved one and you have hit mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, right? It's not like you have to do all these different things, Mm -hmm. but I started taking care of myself and I started experiencing what I termed magic carpet days where everything clicked and people were fun and life was easy. So again, I got, I wanted more of that. So I realized the energy is, is always there. It's like air, but we have to connect to the higher level of energy. So when COVID hit and everyone was kind of like, I call it in their sacred isolation or, you know, in their lock lockup, I started running energy shift calls for my clients. We would get on a group of a call with a group of salespeople, or, you know, I work with a lot of sales folks and they would say, this is what I'm worried about, or this is what I'm upset about. And we would just shift the energy right? I don't have control over the fact that we can't leave our house. Mm -hmm. I don't have to control that we have to wear masks, but I have control over how I look at it. Mm -hmm. I have control over what I do with it. And I Googled an article called 10 things we learned from the black plague Mm. and um, perfume was invented. Um, The middle class was invented. Hospitals were invented because before then hospitals were just a place you went to die. Um, Freedom of thought was invented. So the energy shift is taking what's happening in your life and seeing it in a new way. And I guarantee you there is always another way to see something. So some as it takes an external person to help you see the gift in the misery and the something that's horrible. And again, if you've lost a loved one or you had some, those are different types of things Mm -hmm. where you have to go through a mourning process. But if you just, you know, got let go from your job or, you know, there's other levels of things that happen in our lives, Mm -hmm. how you view it. And that's also positive psychology. Optimists and pessimists see the world very differently. And this is, I'll leave you with this. An optimist an optimist believes circumstances are temporary mm-hmm. and specific, and a pessimist believes they're permanent and universal. If everyone listening to this can make that one shift alone, mm-hmm. your life changes, right? So if I'm in this dark place or I'm in this bad experience, this is temporary and it's specific. It's not who I am. Where a pessimist thinks, oh, I'm a loser. Bad things happen to me all the time. I can't get away. An optimist thinks, no, no, I'll, I got this. I'll figure it out. And it's a, it's a brain. And you can learn. Martin Seligman, father of positive psychology, Yay. wrote the book, Learned Optimism. You can learn to be an optimist. So for any of the pessimists out there, but you have to make the decision if you're going to, that's where it starts with that decision. Oh, this has been so fun, Michelle. And you have some special offers. You have three half hour energy shift sessions, which we'll have the link for. And for anybody that subscribes to the key to unlock.com mailing list in the next three hours will win the success happiness starter kit, which we got to see earlier, the, the cool box I was enamored with, which has her book, the easy button, the uh, journal. I believe that was 
Yeah. Am I correct? Yeah. So, awesome. so whoever in the next three hours, all the people that subscribe, I will put them together and I'll pull a name and then I'll awesome. Listen. We'll get that out to you. Yes. Oh, thank you so much, Michelle. This has been awesome. So if there's anything you're listening to today with this podcast that really sticks out to you, drop that in the comments, share the episode. We'd love to support whoever's in your life with this episode. And uh, thanks for being here, Michelle. I appreciate your time, energy, and attention. Thank you, Linda. This has been fabulous. Namaste. Welcome to the Lila Life Show. This is your host, Linda Andrews, and thank you so much for tuning in. With any episode that we have, whether it's a solo cast or a guest expert interview, my intention is for you to be able to anchor into yourself, to ground into yourself, and to explore whether that's a new concept, an idea, whether something's intuitive in you going off, or there's just something that you hadn't thought of in a different way before. I hope you get to explore curiously, to sense make, and to activate something in yourself that you hadn't had activated. Enjoy today's show. As always, please like, share, subscribe, do the thing, and we hope to help support you consciously up-leveling in your life and business the Leela way.